Hey guys, welcome back to the Claim Your Power podcast. This is your host, Kim. And today I have a special guest on, one of my close friends, Tiana. She is an amazing person. She is the host of the Talk With T podcast. She is an advocate for women empowerment, and she's just an amazing person. And I'm so glad that she could come on the show and have a meaningful conversation with me. So when I introduce yourself. Hi, guys. And hi. Thank you so much for having me today, Kim. It means the world. Um, yeah, so I like Kim said, I host the Talks of Tea podcast. Kim was actually my inspiration behind it. Uh, I had this gut feeling for a while that I wanted to start something like that. And I talked to Kim and Kim was like, just do it. Why do you care what anyone thinks? Just put yourself out there. Claim your freaking power. Like, do what you want. Um, so yeah, Kim is the reason that I really got into this. And I'm really glad to be on this today. I'm so excited. Okay, so to start off, I want to ask you a question, and that is, what does claiming your power mean to you? Claiming my power probably means pursuing what I like to do, with an exception of no one else's say in my life, if that makes sense. So it's kind of what I want for myself, and not listening to anyone or anything, any negative energy radiating around me. Um, really going forth my dreams for what I want, putting in my full effort and being at peace with myself. That's what claiming power really means to me in that sense. Yeah, definitely. I think claiming your power is really all about taking inspired actions in pursuit of your passions. And I think that's something that Tiana is an amazing example of. She's 17, just like me, and she's such an amazing change maker and leader. And it's such an honor to have a friend like her in my life that I can see and have her like see her growth and her involvement as a person and I want you to talk a little about like what you do because I think that's a really big part of you so I want you to talk about that so one thing me and Kim actually relate on is the fact that we're both Middle Eastern yeah we have that spicy Middle Eastern in us um (laughs) so yeah I'm Middle Eastern I'm Persian specifically uh I was raised in Iran for seven years of my early life but I was born here so I'm an American-born citizen um my I guess my motivation behind everything that I do the woman empowerment like Kim was mentioning my podcast um the bill everything all the above is it all roots from my childhood and like what I wanted to see change in the world it's I'd like to think of myself as a change maker and Kim refers like to me as her little light worker but um I'd like to see myself as um someone that advocates for change that wants to be made so I feel like all my passions come from these like this trauma that I've had in my childhood and instead of taking that and I guess crying about it and really putting pity upon myself, I take that and I turn it into something beautiful so I can give to other people so I can prevent other people experiencing hardships like that. Um, That's kind of like the goal of everything that I do. It's to um, turn pain into purpose. Uh, So that's like how I've really grown from that. And I remember uh, one day I was 
I was really at like a low point and I called you up or I think you called me, you texted me and you oh, said, Oh yes. I intuitively like felt something was off. <laughs> hey, PT, just checking in. Um, I know something's been like some, like your vibes off, your aura's off. I want to talk to you. And I just, I responded back to her. I was like, how do you know me so well? <laughs> immediately knew what was going on. And um, I think that just goes to show that when you find um, like when you start loving yourself and appreciating yourself and radiating this good energy, you start attracting people that also do the same. That's why I'm so grateful to have Kim in, my, Kim in my life because it's like, I feel like I'm at a point where I start radiating this good energy from me and Kim gives off that same energy. That's why we're so close. That's why we get along. So yeah, for sure. And I think that's like a really important thing that me and Tiana both had to learn in life is to prioritize our relationships with ourselves and our like internal relationship and all the external things will just manifest after we built on that. And I think that's how we became such close friends because we both really were so committed to healing our inner child, healing our traumas, healing our wounds that we've been through. And at some point we were just vibrating in such a high frequency and we were so happy in our own skin and ourselves that we were able to attract each other into each other's lives. And it's so amazing to have such an amazing like soul friendship that we're both such different people, but we have like the same quality and value of like supporting each other and helping each other and loving each other. And I think that's something that when you start nurturing yourself, when you start nurturing your soul, your your own desires and who you want to be and your passions and who you want to spend your time with, that is when you start attracting all the right opportunities in your life, all the right people into your life. And when things are tough, you're able to see it in a different perspective and realize that it's like, I'm the co-creator of my life and the way that I perceive things will manifest into my external reality. So when you start believing that everything is love, I love myself, even when I'm struggling, I still care about myself, I still love myself, that is when you nurture yourself and that is when you claim back your power because everything is up to you. It's not up to anyone externally or any circumstance externally. I think that's one of the biggest lessons that I learned from you because I'm like, I feel like you were kind of ahead in the game before I really got in the whole searching for my soul and <laughs> letting go of all this pain. And I remember, um, I, I remember you told me something about your sophomore year being a hard time. And I was like, my sophomore year was a hard time for me. My freshman year was a hard time for me. And that's just like, that goes without saying that people go through these things and we become like, we're at the lowest part of our life. And we don't even know, like when I, when you were going through your situation, I had no idea. I had no idea that it affected you that deeply. You know, when I was going through my situation, people around me had no idea what was going on. And that just shows that we're the only people that can really put a change to it. And the fact that you took control of it without anyone telling you what to do, you made up your mind. You're like, you know what? I'm switching my schools. I'm putting myself in a good headspace. I'm working on myself. I'm not doing what other people want me to do. And then use that to motivate other people like me to like find your light within yourself. Because I feel like in the best way possible, hurt people can also spot other hurt people. It's like saying it. So I feel like when you when you've been through something like that and you see someone and you're close with them and you're getting to know them and you see how 
they resemble the same qualities that you did. You want to be able to help them. And that's exactly what you did for me, like paid that forth me. And then now I'm paying that forth other people. It's like this amazing chain that we created almost with like turning our pain into purpose. Stop. I literally have tears. <laughs> that's so cute. Yeah. Um, what Tiana was saying, like healing is not linear, but you know, things happen in life and you know, if someone hurts you, that's not your fault, but you are the only person responsible for your healing. Like your hurt is not up to you, but your healing is completely up to you and completely your responsibility. And no one else can help you. Other people can be your hype man. Other people can try and give you gifts, make you feel good, take you out. But if you're internally don't want to feel good and you're internally telling yourself these negative things in your head, you won't be able to view life in a different light and grow as a person. And I think that's something that a lot of teenagers specifically have to go through. There's a lot of insecurities, a lot of judgment, especially in high school, and middle school, a lot of comparison, competition. And it's something that has taught me to develop thick skin when I realized that my only competition is myself. Like I'm constantly in a game against myself. I'm constantly trying to level up, not compared to other people, but compared to myself. And that was a game changer for me when I realized that no one else, whatever someone else is doing, someone else's beauty doesn't take away from my own. Someone else's success doesn't take away from my own. That is when you start supporting people. And then you're constantly, when you realize that, you're going to attract so many amazing people into your life that want to support you, that want to see you empowered, that want to see you evolve, that want to work on projects with you, that want to see you succeed. And that is like the whole concept of manifesting your internal onto your external. When you feel good about yourself, when you love yourself, you attract people and opportunities that highlight that into your life. Um, something that you just said that really caught my attention is the insecurities part where, um, I can personally tell you, and I feel like you can relate to this as well. When, when we feel insecure about ourselves, um, and we project it in a hateful way, or we project it in a negative way, it will only attract people towards you that feel the same way about themselves. So instead of, attracting these loving people that you need to heal from your insecurities you're attracting these negative people that are constantly feeding into your insecurities and they're just making it even worse because two insecure people can't heal each other but at the same time no one can heal each other it's all in yourself so the minute you switch your mindset and you're like you know what I don't need someone to fill this void in me I have this insecurity I don't need anyone else to fill this void this validation in me that I'm searching for Once you start searching for it in yourself and you do things for yourself, you're going to find these people that just add to it because you don't need anyone to complete anything. You just want people to add to your happiness, to add to your success, to add to your feeling of greatness. It's I think that's another thing. You don't want to ever be able to rely on someone because the only person, like you were saying, that you can rely on is yourself. You're the only one that can really pull yourself out of these hardships that you experience yeah something that I learned that is a game changer is practicing non-attachment so whether it's to a person a project a school grade practicing non-attachment is the key to life because when you're attached to something 
you're going against the flow of the universe and you're creating this resistance because if you're attached to one certain outcome in your life, you're like, oh, I have to go to this college. I have to study this major or I have to get this specific job with this company. You're going straight to one circumstance and you're creating resistance because as much as we in the spiritual community, we try to like preach manifest, manifest, write it down, write it down, think it's a reality. It's like, yes, do that. But there's also the present moment that is like the belief that's like everything that's going on is working out for my highest good. And I don't want to force anything into my life. I want things to flow into my life. So when you're attached to one outcome, when you're attached to a relationship, when you feel lonely in a relationship, instead of feeling alone in yourself, there's a difference between feeling alone and lonely, because being alone is, I think, an attribute of strength. Being alone means that you're strong, that you're strong in your own skin, that you feel good about yourself, versus being lonely is an emotion, and it's a frequency that you choose to live in, that's like, oh, if I'm not in a relationship, I am straight away lonely. But I really don't think that that is the right look to it. I think practicing non-attachment is like something that I've had to learn recently and it's changed my life when I realized that life is just whatever you make it. Like you could wake up tomorrow and something random could happen. Like there's so many blessings in the world. And if you just like wake up every morning expecting to see miracles, Fun fact, my therapist, she's amazing. And she has a thing on her Siri that's like goes on every hour. That's like, hey, like a miracle is about to happen. And it goes on like every hour. I don't know how she programmed it, but it's like my favorite thing. And I need to figure out how to do it. But um, it's like amazing to just wake up every morning and start expecting miracles in your life. It's like a game changer. It's something to look forward to. Like it's someone, something to push you to keep moving on towards each day, even when you feel super low. That reminds me, something that I did that really helped. People made fun of me for this. Like my friends would see this on my phone and be like, really, Tiana? I'm like, yes, really, it works. <laughs> I set this reminder on my phone. Um, I think it was like a couple months ago. And it was just these affirmations over and over and over again like and they would pop up every single morning at 9 a.m so like the minute I woke up because it was over summer and I would sleep in until 9 10 so I'd wake up and that was the first thing that I'd see when I checked my phone it was like that one affirmation because you mentioned this it's all about the belief I feel like social media nowadays has led us to believe manifestation is all about writing on a piece of paper or like you know like just just if you say this, it'll work. And yeah, I mean, that's part of it being physical with your affirmations, being physical with what you want to see happen in your life. But another part of it is just simply believing it. Because if you're just putting this stuff out, like, and you don't even believe what you're saying, like, let's say I'm doing worthy affirmations, I am worthy, I am, I'm loyal, I'm beautiful, I'm, you know, like, like self esteem affirmations in a way. But if you don't truly believe it, if you keep just saying it for the sake of, oh, one of these days it'll work, it's never going to happen because you're just writing on a piece of paper for what? You're, the whole point of writing on a piece of paper is to be physical with it, to like believe it, to really see it through. And I think that that's something that I had to learn for myself is to start believing what I'm, what I truly want to see in my life. Like instead of just sitting there and be like, oh, I I really wish I could do something. I really wish that I could like um, impact this community in a better way. Instead of just like thinking that in my mind, I put it into action instead of just, 
oh, one of these days it'll just happen because it doesn't work like that. Like you can't just say something and then the next day expect, oh, it's here. Like you got to put some action towards it in order to see your results. Yeah. Affirmations are an amazing tool to help just get rid of your self-limiting beliefs once and for all. And if you know about the ego in your head, that's like sits in your head, um, that's like always bickering with your highest self. That's like, Oh, I'm not good enough. I don't succeed. I don't deserve this. That's not you. That's your ego. And that's your self-limiting beliefs that have built up from other people telling you things from you not succeeding in something. And you just, your ego has like taken that and constructed it into like this limiting belief that is just doesn't serve you. And I think life is all about getting rid of the domestications we have had in our head from a young age, we're domesticated to think, oh, we've got to go this route. We've got to go to school, school, school. We've got to go to college. We've got to get a nine to five job. And that is how we'll succeed. That is how we'll be happy. That is how we'll have money. And that is a self-limiting belief. And I've come to the point in life that it's like, I am always trying to get rid and take down my self-limiting beliefs. Like every time I hear them, I'm like, nope. And I challenge them. I'm like, at a point, I want to get to a certain point that like, if I wanted to fly, I will figure out how to fly, like no self-limiting beliefs. And going back to what you said about the outcomes, living life in a way that there's only one outcome limits you to your highest purpose and your highest success and abundance. You have to start seeing life in a place that it's infinite possibilities you have to create those possibilities because in our mind we are always looking for problems we think of something we're like oh I want to go on a trip I want to go on a trip to Italy but then our mind is like no I can't take a trip I don't have enough money no I can't take a trip I have school no I can't take a trip I can't travel alone all this stuff and it's just our mind coming out with infinite problems but the cool part about it is that you can start challenging those problems and say wow, there's so many infinite possibilities. I can wake up tomorrow, figure out how to get some money, get on a plane and go to Italy. Yes, it's not as easy as it sounds, but it is as easy as it sounds because it's just as hard to have self-limiting beliefs. It's just as hard to constantly tear yourself down and make yourself feel bad about yourself. And making that shift and seeing infinite possibilities will only allow you to welcome so much more abundance into your life because you're like, whoa, like so much amazing things can happen. And I don't even know where they're going to come from. They're just going to like drop from the sky, all these opportunities. You know what that reminds me of? Um, When you were saying how our mind is like, you can take that up as a challenge. Um, That kind of reminds me of this saying that's that's called like race your mind. And, um, it's like, you're always competing with yourself. Like, you know how your parents always tell you when you're a kid, you're like, you're your biggest enemy. Like you're your biggest bully. Cause when we're kids, we come home from school and we cry, like someone's picking at us, but your mom or your dad sits there and they're like, no, like, as long as you have that self-esteem in yourself and you don't let it get to you, you're your worst enemy. Like you got to stand up for yourself. Like, it doesn't mean you have to be rude to anyone and just mean stand up to your own conscious just be like you know I don't I don't have to believe that I don't have to believe that someone's telling me I'm worth something that I'm not um it's all about the mindset that you put yourself in so if you have like a powerful mindset to put forward to other people no one can take that down no one can ruin your mindset that you've created for yourself that's all in your hands at that point someone can come up to you you've had a rough week you've had a rough day someone can come up to you and say 
you know, say like a horrible remark towards you. All you have to do in that situation is smile and walk away because you know with yourself that what they just said projects on themselves and nothing else. It's their mind and their battle with their own mind. As long as you're focused on your own battle with your own mind, nothing else can get in the way with it. And I think that also correlates to a lot of teenagers nowadays suffer with anxiety, depression, like all those, uh, like they like to call it mental disorders, but I really don't like labeling them as anxiety and depression. I like labeling it. I don't even like labeling it. I like calling it something else. I like just calling it like your own personal obstacle, because I think at the end of the day, anxiety, like it's very common in our day and age now, anxiety, you see it in a lot of people. And I think that it's like a battle with your mind against stress factors. You're constantly concerned about what could happen, what is going to happen in this case. And like you were saying, if you just focus on the now and you focus about what you're doing right now, your affirmations right now, your motivation right now, your self-will, like your strong brain right now, then you can just ease out all those other stresses. You can just think, you know what? I'm in this moment. If that happens, that happens. At least I know I tried. And it just like shows that not everything is always going to be in your control, but what you do with yourself will be in your control. How you react to a situation will be in your control. Yeah. The way you react to it, like you can't control everything that will happen, but the way you respond to it is all up to you. And specifically what you were talking about anxiety, stress is a big factor for a lot of us. And stress comes from not being in the now. And I think we're all guilty of it. We all have moments that we're stressed. And in society and current society, our brains, our attributes are always thinking about the future or the past. We're either thinking about, oh, I regret, I have shame, I did something, I feel bad about myself. Or we're thinking about the future, like, oh my God, what is going to happen? What is going to, like something all these problems in our heads that rise and it all comes from not being in the present moment. And if you look back at like old times, they didn't have clocks. They would just wake up in the middle of the day. They would be cavemen. They would go hunt some food and they would like hang out and then they'd go to sleep when the sun went down. Like there wasn't like plans. There wasn't scheduling. They didn't have meetings. They didn't need to go to school. They didn't need to go to football practice. Like there was just the now. And in society, as society progressed, we've gone and strayed so far away from that. And I think that's a big factor that causes a lot of us anxiety, including myself. And I think I can like you can agree to that and attest to that, that anxiety and fighting anxiety, something that has really helped me is finding ways to resolve stress in my life. Find those little things in life that make you happy, that make you feel completely present and how you can find what makes you feel present is Find what makes you feel powerful and what makes you feel passionate. So if painting a photo or a picture for two hours takes away your stress and makes you be completely present in that painting, go paint that photo. If makes you, if going on a run makes you feel amazing, make, gives you adrenaline, go run. If meditating like me or doing yoga, if that's something that you like, go do that. Like what's something that makes, that helps you take down your stress, Tiana, if you want to share. I have a few things. So one of them, it's going to sound weird. It's going to sound really simple is showers every single night. And that might sound really weird, but I also researched something and it said that empaths love water. And I just thought that meant like that immediately correlated towards me, (laughs) but um, showering every single night in a way that 
calms me down, like finding things that calm me down, showering every single night and taking that time to just, I don't know, wash away the stress and just, and I like, like to romanticize my showers. I play music. Sometimes I light a candle. I like, like taking that time to myself to really think and just calm down and, it's just what I do every single night. And everyone knows that about me. They may think it's weird. I don't think it's weird. Another thing that I started doing is the gym. This is also going to sound like a basic thing. And I think everyone tells you 30 minutes of being active a day is really good for your health. It's not only good for your health physically, it's good for your mind. You're stimulating so much adrenaline and you're just focusing on the now you're focusing on your results. Now you're focusing on being active in that current moment. And it doesn't mean that you're going to the gym to see a certain figure on your body. Like you don't need to go to the gym to change anything physically about yourself. You can just go to the gym to feel better about yourself mentally because physical activity, like I was mentioning earlier, like being physical with your affirmations, being physical with anything you want to put forward helps you. And that's another thing, like going to the gym last, but not least something that, um, Kim kind of got me into, I mean, I guess this is like jointed, but the first part of it is journaling writing down, journaling, scheduling, whatever you need to do. I actually have my school notebook. And on the back page, Kim laid out this like little 7am schedule for Tiana over summer. (laughs) And you were like, 7am, wake up. 9am, do some yoga. 10am, eat a healthy breakfast. Like you just laid out basic things that honestly, I think everyone can like contribute in their days that will help them mentally and physically and cleanse themselves and you helped me do that by just writing it down for me and just being like try this for a day for a week whatever you need and tell me how you feel um I didn't attest to the waking up at 7 a.m part because I do like sleeping (laughs) I woke up at 9 a.m but once I started taking in the tips from each of them like yoga I tried yoga with you I loved it now I go in my backyard every single like noon sometimes depending on the weekends whenever I come home from school whenever I have time and just do some yoga stretch like breathe whatever you need to do and then the last part of it is reading I Kim also knows this (laughs) I fell in love with reading I'm constantly reading in class in school honestly I think it's it's turned into like a habit now like I should probably start paying attention in class but it's like once I started I just couldn't put it down and I don't think that's that bad of an addiction to have per se but it's just kind of my way of um not escaping but like relieving my brain like trying to like source imagination to it and I really like those things so yeah showering um what was the other one journaling reading and there was one more physical activity, those four things. Yeah. Um, going back, I want to talk about all that you said. So fun fact, showering, that makes complete sense why you like that because water is one of the four elements and water really helps emotions and cleansing emotions and your hair. I don't know if you've taken a shower, like without washing your hair, but like for me, it's like, if I take a shower without washing my hair, it's like whatever. But when I wash my hair, it like feels like a new person. That's because your hair, like holds emotions and stress and frequencies and when you wash it it actually feels like cleansing it that's why like when people go through like emotions and like difficult times in their lives 
they sometimes cut their hair. Like when I went through a difficult time and I gave myself bangs, we're not going to talk about it because that was not a good decision. I like them. They were so bad, Tiana. I like them. <laughs> they grew out, guys. It's okay. They grew out. But that is why sometimes we take our stress out on our hair because we actually hold stress in our hair. And so when we cut it, it like feels amazing. We feel like a new rejuvenated person. But also about journaling and reading. Reading really works your imagination. And I know you're not living your own life because you're reading a story about someone else, or maybe you're reading a nonfiction, but reading allows you to be present because you're not, your brain is not all worried up about your own life, about your own problems. In fact, when you're reading fiction, it's like amazing. You get to use your imagination. You get to use a different perspective. You're not so worried about your own problems because you're like, oh, this character has their own heartbreak issues. Let me listen to them. And then I won't have to live my own, you know? It's like amazing because you get to like have this little escape, but not in a bad way, in an amazing way. And journaling, if you're not an avid writer, I seriously suggest you start journaling. Even once a day, two minutes, you go, you take out a piece of paper and you write down five things you're grateful for. That counts as journaling because when you journal, you're physically writing something down and you're attesting to it and you're being present and intentional with what you're saying. So writing down five things that you're grateful for every day, I guarantee you, if you are in a funk, put on Gloria Gaynor's I Will Survive or some other really fun song in the background Take out your notebook and write down five things you're grateful for or five things you love about yourself. And that might be hard. Like the first time I started saying affirmations, I was like, well, what the heck is this? Like I looked in the mirror and I was like telling myself I'm beautiful. And I'm like, I'm straight up lying to myself. Like this is not okay. Like this should be illegal. <laughs> like if someone watched me do this, they think I'm nuts. And now I don't care. Like I have friends over in my room and I started doing my affirmations. Like I had a sleepover with my friend like a month ago and I woke up at like 9 a.m. I was like, I gotta go do my affirmations. And she's like, okay, like my friends are used to it by now. <laughs> and it's just like, it's like a habit. It's like a day-to-day -day life and it will transform your life. And I guarantee you, there's a ton of YouTube, like 30 day affirmation challenge for self-love, for worthiness, for success. And like the first week of doing affirmations, Tiana's very into affirmations. So I really want her to go into this after that. But first week feels awkward. It feels weird. It feels wrong. It feels not okay. It feels disturbing even um, if you're at a really low point and low self-love, like I was at one point in my life. But then you get to a certain point that it's just like, yes, I love myself. Yes, I'm worthy. Yes, I'm successful. And I deserve to say these things to myself. And whoever tells me that I'm not, I love them anyways, because they're projecting and they don't feel good in their own skin. And I'm going to send them love and healing. And I'm going to send them an amazing frequency of abundance and light into their life so that they find that light within themselves to heal and feel good about themselves too, you know? Kill them with kindness. Like Selena Gomez said. Exactly like Selena Gomez said. We love her. We stand her. Jelena. Sorry. No, no, uh, no. Don't bring that into this. <laughs> it's controversy. Yeah. Um, I actually have a crazy affirmation story that Kim knows about. Um, yes, it was, it was it was it. Okay. So like, like Kim like mentioned, I'm very into affirmations. Um, I'm into well-being affirmations, positive affirmation, goal affirmations, even like getting rid of 
toxins in your life or negative blockages in your life. Trust me when I say these work, if you just believe it. Um, so when I do my wellness affirmations, I just like to either look in the mirror. It may look, it may look weird if someone were to walk in and you're staring at yourself in the mirror and you're like, I'm beautiful, but it's just, it's just what you need to do in order to believe it. I feel like if you truly look at yourself, instead of just sitting in your bed, looking at a wall, if you're looking at yourself in the mirror and you're just saying it to yourself and you're looking at yourself while you're doing it, you start seeing it. You're like, you know, I don't really hate like that. I don't really hate my flaws as much anymore. I like, I'm more used to them. I'm more comfortable in my own skin. But one interesting affirmation story that I have is that I tried out this affirmation. It was one that was basically clearing any negative blockages in your life. It said, if you say this affirmation, you are not only lifting a weight on your own shoulders, but you are allowing any negative blockages in your life to show themselves to you so you can uh, move on with like an open head. And in this time, I think it was like, this was like about a month ago, I was getting really stressed. I had like a lot of stuff on my back with college apps, family, like I really felt like weighed down for a little bit. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to try this. Like, why not? Um, So I said this affirmation and I really believed it. I really did. I sat there and I like thought about it for a good like five minutes. And I thought about all the things that were weighing me down. And I just wanted uh, I just wanted to move forth with like my own well-being. I completely forgot that I did this affirmation four hours later certain someone reappears in my life and this certain someone and I have a very long history and it was kind of like an opening for my eye like I my eyes were open in that moment I was like wow this stuff works this stuff is not some like social media trend that you see online if you truly believe it the universe will genuinely show you what's wrong in your life and show you the pathway that you're supposed to supposed to go down in a way, like what your calling is in a way. Um, that goes back to something that Kim taught me. She said, if you ever are, you know, in a position where you feel like, uh, am I doing this right? Am I doing this wrong? You say, universe, show me a red butterfly if I am going down the right path. And um, I remember you told me that story, but in your own version of what you asked and like what you asked to see, I think it was like a pirate ship or something. Oh, (laughs) I know what you're talking about. I think I've talked about it in one of my past episodes about how I asked to, like, I had, like, I wanted to see if I'm on the right track in life. So I was like, that was when I was learning my relationship with the universe and that the universe can communicate with us and has our back. And I asked for like some random thing. I asked for like a Hanukkah menorah, like, but not like a real one. I asked for like a random one. Yeah. And I swear like a day later I was in the car with my boyfriend and I was in an intersection and I kid you not the car in front of me, right when I was stopped, had a huge menorah on its roof. Like, what are the odds that I would see a menorah on a car? Like, that's not something you see day to day, you know? And that was when I realized, like, wow, like, the universe listens. Like, I've got guides or angels or whatever you want to call it out there. We all do. And Tiana has some, too. So finish your story. Um, I don't really remember what mine was that I asked. I think I asked to see a turtle. You were with me when I did this. I think it was, like, a pirate ship that I asked. Or not a... 
I don't know. I think it was a turtle. It was, it was a, turtle. a turtle. It was a turtle. It was a turtle. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I asked to see a turtle and I asked the universe a question. I want to say I was asking them if I was going down a right path with, um, with, with just where I was in my life. And because I really felt like really unsure about this relationship that I was in in that moment. Um, and the universe decided, but I did it wrong. I actually did the affirmation wrong. I was supposed <laughs> to ask it. I was supposed to ask the universe, um, do you like show me like if it's like the right thing that I'm doing, but I asked them, show me if it's the wrong thing that I'm doing. And I didn't know we weren't supposed to do that. I asked them to show me a turtle. <laughs> That night when Kim left my house, David Dobrik uploaded a video and you guys can go watch this. David Dobrik uploaded a video after seven months of not uploading and I'm a big fan of his. So I was like, I'm going to go watch this. Like, and it's such a coincidence that tonight out of all nights after seven months, he uploaded. In the th- first 10 seconds of the video, he goes, look guys, we found a turtle. And I just like stopped. And I was like, are you kidding me? What are the odds? I don't believe in coincidences. So I called Kim. I was like, Kim, you're never going to believe it. Kim's like, Tiana, you weren't supposed to ask them if you are going down the wrong path. You're supposed, to, supposed to be positive. I know. And I was like, well, I got my answer either way. Um, but yeah, that's my little fun story. Yeah. And look at you now. You look figured it now. out. You figured it out. I also want you to touch on a little bit about your advocacy work, because the reason I had you come on is I really want to inspire everyone who's listening here to be a change maker, whether you're a teenager, you're an adult, you can heal the world at any age when you're pursuing your passions. And that's all about this society at this place in time. We're all about creating. We're less consuming and we're all about creating cultivating amazing new projects, amazing new opportunities. And I think Tiana is an amazing leader for that. And I want you to talk about your advocacy work, um, specifically with women's rights, why that started, and what you hope to cultivate in the future going into that passion of yours. So like I mentioned earlier on the video, it was it all kind of rooted from this Um, pain that I was undergoing through my childhood. And I think the main motivation behind starting these startups, starting these advocacies was I didn't want anyone else to feel the loneliness, like you mentioned, that I felt in that time. I didn't want anyone else to feel that um, what's going on with their life, this situation that they're in, this traumatizing situation, this burdening feeling defines the rest of their life. And I wanted to almost offer them like a safe place where they could just escape to for a moment if they can, so they can see that there's more to life than just the situation that you're going through. So Helping Humans was the first nonprofit organization that I started. And this was my sophomore year, my sophomore year summer, I started this. And I couldn't exactly tell you the moment where I felt like I needed to do this. It was honestly a feeling over time where I knew that this is something I wanted to do. I knew I had a passion for it. I knew that I already donated with my family through multiple organizations for women's rescue, like a women's with domestic violence and the Radies Children Hospital, single moms who have to support their family. It all kind of rooted back to women who are in a place where they feel vulnerable and in a place where they feel lost. And I wanted to do something on my own. I wanted to make a bigger change per se than just donating 
um, some of my own belongings to these drives and local um, volunteering opportunities. So I got together, I got, I asked a big group of my friends, I'm like, would you guys be interested in this? It was like my first time starting anything. I was really nervous. I didn't know how it was going to go. They're like, yes, we would. And seeing the feedback that I got, seeing that people were actually interested in joining this and supporting this cause was like a big eye opener for me because I realized that so many people have this like feeling in themselves that they want to give back. And that was me kind of like motivating me to move forward it was like you know what people support this people are with this like it's not just me other people feel this way too and if I need to start something for them to feel like this is the opening for it then that's what I'm gonna do so I think for helping humans specifically we um the biggest turnaround moment was my first clothing donation drive that we hosted we advertised on Nextdoor, on Instagram, and on this social media app that my mom has. I will have to get back to you on the name of it, but it's like this little group where you go in and it's like voice messages. You talk to people that also own these on nonprofits. I'm going to have to get back to you on the name of that. But um, on multiple different platforms, I kind of outreach to people. I would say the most successful was next door because I was able to reach my community like my local community it's it just gets advertised to every um person in your area and I was not expecting a big turnaround when we said we're raising clothing donations for the women's rescue mission the women's rescue center in San Diego and this is specifically women who have underwent domestic violence and sexual assault so that was that was the goal to raise uh, to raise clothing and you and basic toiletries for these women we get there we're waiting around the I think it was around 1 p.m the minute it turned 1 p.m um I want to say 102 103 I like a few minutes after one these cars start pulling in like not even like a few minutes after one these cars are pulling in. I've never met them before they're just these local parents these dads these aunts and they're just at telling us like, I saw, I saw your post. This is incredible what you're doing with handfuls of clothing and just necessities. And I was just in shock. Are you kidding me? This is crazy. You had no idea. So many people would be so motivated to do this and take time out of their day. And um, I remember I was just in shock about the whole feeling. We ended up raising after the three clothing donation drives, we ended up raising 10, over 10,000 pieces of clothing alone from those drives wow. and to, to know that that's how much we were able to give back um not even give back but give to these like underrepresented communities that don't really I feel like they should get a louder voice than they do sometimes and I think that's another piece of motivation for me it's I really relate strongly to their stories um and I want to be able to give them that feeling of hope that I wish I had when I was, you know, experiencing something similar to them. Um, yeah. So that's the, that's like the whole helping humans thing for women's advocacy. It's amazing. It's amazing how much you do one thing and it becomes a catalyst for change. And I hope Tiana and what she's done with her passion for women's advocacy inspires anyone listening to this episode. If you have a passion, if you're passionate about an issue, if you're passionate about a project that you want to pursue, I hope that you, by listening to this episode, you are inspired and not only inspired, but empowered to take inspired action 
and initiative towards pursuing that. Because even if you feel alone, even if you feel like you're not supported, if it feels daunting to you, I can guarantee you there, once you take that initiative about pursuing something that will help the greater benefit of the world, the universe will just have your back. All these people will come support it, all these causes, and everything will just flow. Because when you're in doing something out of a place of abundance, out of a place of prosperity, out of a place of helping people, the universe has your back because it wants you to continue pursuing that. Because if you're passionate about it, that's where your power is because you came into this world to pursue that purpose. And I'm really excited for you, Tiana, to see like how you continue to pursue that passion. Do you have anything you want to share about how you continue to cultivate that passion? Any future events you want to do for your organization and things like that? So this actually a big milestone just happened. I don't know when this is going to air, but October 8th, 2021, Gavin Newsom signed the bill into law. It's the Menstrual Equity for All Act. And it basically um, means that um, we're trying to alleviate the period poverty in California. Specifically, we're taking it one step at a time. This bill was drafted about nine months ago. And I remember I got recruited for this through my internship and we were talking and they were like, you know what, let's get together. Let's make this happen. And it's like this amazing inspiring group of women that I work with. And they're just incredible. They all have the same motivation as me to alleviate any um, sort of hindrance that is directed towards women. Because I truly believe that period menstrual products, feminine well-care, well-being products, they shouldn't be a luxury. They should be a necessity in these public restrooms. This is not something that we can really control. Every woman undergoes this cycle. And I feel like society has made it seem so um, embarrassing in a way. Like, you know how when we're little and a boy walks over and they're like, oh, just tell them we're talking about periods to scare them off. I feel like that that joke turned into like a reality now, like people are so sensitive and awkward around this topic where it's like if you mention period, if you mention anything like that, they immediately get scared off. But it should be something that's normal. I mean, it's. It's how you birth a child. It's how you reproduce. It's not, it's nothing scary. And I wanted to normalize that. I wanted to make that not really a hindrance to being a woman, to living the life that you deserve, because there are so many women that can't even afford these products. There are so many women on the streets that go into toxic shock because they have to keep their, you know, well-being products in for longer than they should. And it's not only a bad, it, it's a horrible effect on their health, but it's, it, it just shouldn't be a luxury. It should be a necessity for these women. And um, that was the main goal behind that. So we got together, we drafted this bill, uh, went through the Senate, went through the whole legislative s- system, got passed. And then as of October 8th, it is now a law in California where every single uh, public school, UC, CSU, community college, and six through 12, has to stock half of their restrooms. They say half, but it's a nicer way of saying all female restrooms because technically that's half of the boy girl restrooms and all general neutral restrooms with feminine products as of fall 2022. So that is where we're taking that. And the next step in that is the implementation process that comes forward in like January. We're going to start implementing this in public schools, finding ways to advocate for it, 
And something that I've done to really uh, speak out about this and kind of get it on my school campus is working through my internship. We created this box called PPC. It's called the Period Positive Classroom. It's this cute little acrylic box and we try to make it so you girls shouldn't have to feel ashamed um, for going through their menstrual process. And I don't want them to ever feel like it's it's gross, it's, it's weird how society likes to label it. And um, so it's in Miss Bryant's classroom. It's in my, uh, it's in my friends, it's in the teacher's gov classroom because I felt like she would be a great advocate for it. Miss Bryant, shout out to her. She is at our school. She is our AP government teacher and she's an amazing person and just amazing. We love her. She's just an amazing woman. So what's he by? (laughs) Um, So yeah, that's where it is right now. And it's hoping to grow throughout the school. That obviously won't be the mandate of the one in the bathrooms, but it's a start to um, get more recognition on uh, menstrual equity and period poverty. You know, this is just so amazing like I actually have goosebumps like I'm not making it up I'm just so proud and inspired and from a spiritual perspective you're not only being a catalyst for this change of giving women menstrual products but you're helping women gain back their feminine energy our femininity has been taken away from us for so long so you're not only being this catalyst for change for health and empowerment for women but you're helping and actively allowing women to gain back their feminine energy. And that is something that is so amazing. And I'm so proud to be your friend and see you go through this and claim back your power and be so powerful in the change that you're doing. And again, I hope that this conversation with Tiana helped anyone back at home feel inspired, empowered. If you have an issue that you're passionate about, if you have a project that you've wanted to pursue, but you're scared, you don't think you'll get enough support. I hope that these stories show you that you can 100% do it. Go get in front of the mirror, tell yourself your affirmations, write down in journal what exactly you want to change in the world and take inspired action to doing that. So yeah, this was an amazing conversation. And check out Tiana's podcast, Talks with T. It's on Spotify. She recently just started it and it's amazing. And she talks all about self-empowerment and mental health. So it's another amazing show that if you're interested about exploring that, definitely do. And again, thank you so much, Tiana, for coming on with me. I had such an amazing conversation with you. I had an amazing conversation with you as well. Thank you, Kimmy, for hosting me on here. And I'm just so honored to even be on this platform with you because I know of all the change that you've implemented and all the amazing advocacy work that you've done. So seeing that you're really putting your dreams into purpose is it's admirable. Love you. Thank you guys for joining and I will see you all in the next episode. Bye.